We're going to get right into the, the ministry of the word today, the message for today, part two of what uh, Pastor Rodney opened up with last week. Wasn't that a tremendous message last Sunday morning, huh? On real ID. Huh? Amen. Oh, the Father, we are authenticated through our Heavenly Father, and thank God that we are authenticated through Him. Our identity is in Jesus Christ, and we want to continue to, to flow in that this morning. So thank you, Pastor Rodney, for just a great message last Sunday morning, and want to continue to, to, to build on that and just continue to have our minds renewed and, and refreshed to what our identity is in Jesus Christ. I thought the illustration you used last Sunday of, the, of you know, what we're going through right now in our culture here with uh, needing to get the real ID driver's license compared to the original ID as if it's not real, it's fake. It's, but anyway, so thank God. I really enjoyed the message and it's excellent. This morning I wanted to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So I ask you to read along with me from 2 Corinthians 5. I'm going to begin reading at, someone pick a verse for me. All right. We'll start at 17. How's that? This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Do you belong to Christ this morning? You belong to Christ this morning? Yes. All right. That means you have become a new person. You have a new identity. Just as you received your identity, you received your DNA from your birth parents, you have received a new identity, a new, uh, a new DNA in the spirit realm from the new birth experience coming into faith in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. It's always good when something old is complete and over with and something new and better has begun. So our goal is to live this new life with the settled conviction of being secure of what this new life is all about and what our identity is as having a new life in Christ, our identity as born again children of God, being secure in God's love and acceptance of us just as we are as we have come into that new life in Christ. We will discover from scripture that we are who God declares us to be. We have no other identity. We have no other identity. Therefore, it's our, our, our primary effort for personal development must be to accept who we are in Christ Jesus. We have a new life has begun in Christ. We have become children of God. We are born again. The old life has ended and a new life has begun. So we have this new identity in Jesus Christ. And it's, it's paramount that we discover our identity in Jesus Christ and that we can always remember who we are in Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Now, it's, the good news is to say we have a new life. We have, been giving a new, we have been given a new identity in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. However, it doesn't come without threats. It doesn't come without challenges. And those threats and those challenges come from the enemy who, who would rather us not know about our new identity. 
He would rather have us stay stuck in our old way of thinking, stay stuck in our old habit patterns, our old thought patterns, and just stay stuck as to where we are. Yes, when you die, you're going to go to heaven because you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But while you're here walking out your days here on the earth, you're really not going to accomplish much. You're not going to enjoy much uh, because you still have that mindset of that old identity of the old person that you used to be. So it's very important that you uh, come into that reality. Yes, you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, but now become aware and really understand your new identity in Jesus Christ. It's a new identity. It's a new life. Uh, if you, when you read through the Old Testament history, you get uh, Pastor Rodney sh uh, shared from Genesis last week. Well, when you get into the book of Exodus, we have the story where the children of Israel had been in captivity in Egyptian bondage for many years, and they'd been crying out for, for a deliverer, and God raised up Moses to become their deliverer. And God spoke to Moses, and he said, Moses, what I want you to do here in prepping the people for this mass exodus out of, out of, out of slavery and to come on and take them on into the promised land, what I want you to do is I want you to send 12 spies. I want you to send a leader from each camp, from each tribe of Israel. Choose a leader from each tribe and send them ahead into the promised land to spy out the promised land and to bring back a report of the land. And so Moses obeyed what God commanded him to do, and he, he chose a leader from each tribe, commissioned them to go into the promised land and to spy out all the promised land and to bring back the report concerning the land. Well, if you're familiar with the story, you know how it goes. If you're not familiar with it, I encourage you to read it in the book of Exodus. But they came back, the 12 spies came back, and they gave the report to Moses, and 10 of those 12 spies did not give a positive report. Two of them did. They were Caleb and Joshua, and they were the only two that ended up getting in. But what I want to say is that one of the negative things that, uh, that the other 10 stated about the promised land, they stated the good things about it. Said it's, it's a great land. There's, you know, there's milk and there's honey. There's an abundance in the land. But, everyone say but. <laughs> you know, when you come to that but, you know, it might end up being, a, 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 okay, now what's coming? Well, I said, but there's giants in the land. There are giants in the land, and we were as grasshoppers. We were as grasshoppers to them. And so we were. To them, says we were as grasshoppers compared to them, and so we were in their sight. My point that I want to make is when we're talking about identity, is the spies went into the land with a commission to bring back a report about the land. So yet it's a great land, but there's a lot of challenges there. There's some really big giants there, and we were as grasshoppers in their sight, and so we were in our own sight. That identity. That way of thinking, that small thinking, not realizing their identity, was the beginning of 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. It began with a false identity of who they were. They were leaders. Moses sent them in, bring back the report. But that false identity ended up being the beginning of 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Now, perhaps you've been wandering in the wilderness, hopefully not for 40 years, hopefully not too long, 
But if you go back and when you go back and look at it, it may be because you were operating and functioning on a false identity, not really functioning on who you are in Christ. You say, well, how can I tell if I have if I have a if I'm functioning on my identity in Christ or if I'm functioning on my own assessment of myself, my own identity? You can normally tell quite easily by listening to the words that you're saying about yourself. Do an audit of your I am statements this week. I am so sick and tired of blank, blank, blank. I am so ignorant. I am so weak. I am so afraid. I am so ill-equipped. Do an audit of your I am and make a note of it and recognize it and then put them to rest and stop saying it and come into a place where this new life that has begun, this new identity as a child of God is going to be the statements that I am declaring about myself. I am a child of God. I am in love. Like that last song we just did, remember this one thing. I, God is madly in love with me. God is madly in love with you. Now, sometimes people have a hard time comprehending that. There's different seasons and, and things that we go through in life. Have, and, and, and when we think about when we're not living up to what, our expect, what God's is, is saying about us and declaring about us, we have a tendency to think, well, God can't love me because I'm not lovable. God can't love me because I am, then you put in all those negative false statements, identity statements about yourself, come to the, then you come to, this judge, to the judgment or the conclusion that God can't love me. But I want you to know that God is madly in love with you. Not because he's gone soft on you, not because he's gone soft on the world, not because he's gone soft on sin and he's just choosing to overlook it, like some people would proclaim. But what he's doing is he's madly in love with you. He's madly in love with his creation because he, has, he knows that through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, sin has been dealt with. Your sin is not a hindrance for God to love you. Matter of fact, God so loved you while you were yet a sinner that he sent Jesus to die for you. And Jesus so loved you that he obeyed God and went to the cross to pay the price for your redemption, not while you got your act together and all cleaned up, but while you were a sinner, he paid the ultimate price. God is madly in love with you. That's the foundation for your identity in Christ Jesus, is establishing the identity of who I am in Jesus Christ, who I am in Christ. I want to read a verse, a couple of verses, uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 and 22. So this includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemy, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now, everyone say yet now. Does that mean right now or tomorrow or sometime in the future? Huh? That means now. It's a done deal. Yet now, 
He has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. Do you believe that this morning? I'm looking for a response. uh, Convince me that you believe that this morning. (laughs) All right. I know it's nice and warm and it's been hot and it's already the heat's getting to you, but you think it's hot here. You just keep sitting there like a bump on the log. You'll (laughs) be... A little bit of condemnation preaching. (laughs) Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. We believe that, and the rest of the verse we believe, as a result, everyone say, as a result, he brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. (laughs) That's who I am, that's my identity. That's who you are. That's your identity. Holy, blameless. You stand before him without a single fault. Now, I have a unique gift from God, and I can read your minds, and your minds are going tilt, tilt, tilt without a single fault. You don't know what I just thought this morning. You don't know what I said on my way to church. You don't know what I thought when they said they're singing that song. I thought, oh, my gosh. God knows, but you are holy and blameless and without a single fault before him because of Jesus Christ, not because you are so perfect in yourself. So our identity and the assessment of our identity is who I am in Christ. Who has Christ caused me to become? And again, this did not become a reality. I am not holy and blameless and with, with, without a single fault um, um, because God decided to simply just overlook all my issues and has just given up on me because um, there's, there's no hope for me. But because Christ, through Christ, I am forgiven of all sin and I am presented to the Father as holy and blameless and without a single fault. That is my true identity in Jesus Christ. And that, my friend, is your true identity in Jesus Christ. And so the next time you bow your head, you close your eyes for a word of prayer to petition heaven for a request of yours, you do that with the attitude and the mindset and the knowing this is who I am in Christ. I'm holy. I am blameless. I'm, I, I don't have a single fault in Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And I come boldly to the throne of grace in the name of Jesus, not because of my old identity, but in my new identity as a born again child of God. Now, we're talking about coming to God with boldness and with confidence in him, in him. In Ephesians chapter four and verse 24 says, put on your new nature, your new identity, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. That's, who, that's the new life. Second Corinthians 5, 17, that we, began, that we began with. The old life is over. A new life has begun. That's your new identity that you were created to be like God. Then it defines it as being truly righteous. Righteous means to be in a right relationship with him, in right standing with him, and to be holy before him. So God's determination of your value and your identity is it's not based on your performance. It is based on the work of Jesus at Calvary's cross. And until we come to a place so that what we believe concerning the work of Jesus at the cross, until we believe that uh, in ourselves, it's merely, it's just intellectual information. So the goal is to get this intellectual information of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Let that 
take that short journey from the head to the heart and bring about a transformation. And when it goes from your head to the heart, you begin to believe that God loves you, that God accepts you, that God has forgiven you. And it's transforming my identity as being one of being secure in Jesus Christ and, and, and knowing that God is madly in love with me, that I'm pure and innocent and without a single fault before him because of the blood of Jesus Christ. This is my identity. This is your identity. And also, my friend, that is why the enemy continues to come at that identity. Uh, your identity is under constant assault. Even Jesus, Jesus's identity was under assault. In, in Matthew chapter 4, in verse 4, in Matthew chapter 4 is where we have the story of Jesus Christ being tempted in the wilderness by Satan. And that temptation, if you remember reading that, that particular temptation in verse 3, uh, Satan came up to Jesus and he said, if, if you are the son of God, then turn these stones into bread. And again in verse 6, if you are the son of God. What was he doing there? He was challenging Jesus. He was trying to get Jesus to go, to, to go weak on his identity. If you are the son of God, casting doubt on who he really is. You know, Jesus, the son of God, he knows he's the son of God. Here he's in the wilderness being tempted by Satan for, and he's in there for 40 days. He's hungry, he's tired. And all of a sudden the enemy is saying, if you are. And that same thing happens to us today is when we are under assault by the enemy, whoever's coming through, whatever voice that may be, whatever channel and voice that's coming to us. But many times it will be laced with that if you are a Christian, like you say you are, then why don't you do thus and so? The good news is, is we can learn from Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. Yes, Satan did say, if you are the son of God, cast these stones into bread. Jesus refused to, to perform to prove who he was. If you'll remember when Jesus was baptized, when he came up out of the water, the voice came out of heaven. God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He hadn't done anything yet. There were no miracles. None of the works of Jesus. When we think of the works of Jesus, he hadn't done any of those works yet. And the father, the voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So his identification was not based on his performance. Our identification must not be based on our performance. It must not be based on our titles that we have here within our culture. You know, we have names, we have titles, we have positions, and, and many times we, 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 we take great pride and we establish our identity on, on, on our position and on our titles. Well, that has a degree of merit to it in the natural realm, in the realm of the flesh, but we're talking about our identity as born-again children of God. And so I want you to know that uh, Jesus was tempted in that area. You will be tempted as well. Now, in the Gospel of John chapter 1, we also have a very unique passage here concerning identity. So I want to read a couple of verses from there. The Gospel of John chapter 1. I'll begin reading at verse 19. It's talking about the testimony of John the Baptist. So this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders, the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John. 
Now, you think if they're sending out Jewish leaders, if the Jewish leaders are sending out uh, the priests and temple assistants, they have something more important to ask, who are you? Who are you? (laughs) What's it matter who I am? But this is what they're doing. They sent out the temple assistants, the priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, who are you? John came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. Verse 21, well then, who are you? They asked, are you Elijah? No, John replied. Third time, are you the prophet we are expecting? No. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who send us. The fourth time. Then the fifth time, what do you have to say about yourself? What do you have to say about yourself? So when people ask you who you are, or when you're even wrestling internally with who am I, what is my, what is my true identity? What John did here was, was, was significant for him. It was also applicable in our lives. In verse 23, John replied, this is after the fifth time of being asked, what do you have to say or, or asking who are you? John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah. Now remember, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness and he replied, it is written. It is written. He didn't do something to prove it. He resorted back to his identification. It is written in the scriptures. It is written. It is written. It is written. John the Baptist replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah. Now, John could have replied in the flesh when they said, who are you? Say, oh, I'm Zacharias' son. You know Zachariah the priest. I'm his son. You remember Elizabeth and Zachariah, you remember the story, the miraculous conception, and then I'm the one that leaped for joy in my mother's womb, and you know, and and by the way, I'm, I'm related to Jesus. Our mothers are first cousins. He could have, he could have identified himself as any of the above, and they all would have been true. But he didn't do it. He didn't resort to what he had available to him in the natural realm. He resorted to what the prophets said about him in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse three, it was prophesied. And he said, I am a voice. I don't know why when I read this, but you have to be my age to to understand, but Simon and Garfunkel, I am a rock. (laughs) I am an island and a rock feels no pain, right? I have no idea why that comes to me when I read that, but just the fact that he said, I am a voice in the wilderness. I am a voice. I am a Christian. I am a Christian. I remember some years ago being at a conference and one of the exercises, and and they broke the, after the the lecture, the conference, the the attendees were broken into small groups. and, And one of the things we had to do is we had to introduce ourselves without stating our family name or our positions, or any titles. You have to introduce yourself and tell people who you are. (laughs) I am. I couldn't say, I am Ray Sensenick. I am Ivan and Esther Sensenick's son. I am pastor of Grace Church. I am, I am, I am. I am 
a child of God. I am a covenant child of God. I am, and it's fill in all the blanks. I am holy and without blame. And I stand before him without one single fault. It takes a lot of courage to do that. But we, have, we, want to get, we want to identify with our identity of who we are as children of the most high God, of the most high God. So John said, I am a voice. I am the voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the coming of the Lord, for the coming of the Lord. Now, if we go back again to, uh, I'm going to read again 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Because we're talking about identity and for you to be able to identify yourself, not in the natural realm, but to, to discover and become familiar with your identity of who you are in Christ. You know, some people are really into what they call it family lineage, and they, they love going back and just studying the family tree. And in my family of origins culture, I, we call it the Mennonite game. They like to figure out, you know, who you are. It was not common for people to come up to me and say, are, are, are you Ivan Sensnick's son? And say, or, or, or they ask me my name, and I give them my name and say, oh, are you Ivan's son? And, uh, or I had an uncle that was kind of, you know, one of those uncles that no one wants to admit they're your uncle. And they say, oh, so this person is your uncle. And I would always say, no, he's not my uncle. He's my dad's brother. <laughs> And then when my son Charlie got married, he and his wife were their first pregnancy. We asked him, what are you going to name your son? And they said the same name as his crazy uncle that I had. And I said, hold it, time out, time out. <laughs> time out. You can't name him that with the name Sensenick. I said, that's, that's not a, and they lived in the same town. I said, you can't, I said, you can't do that to me. And don't do it to yourself and don't do it to my grandson. <laughs> so anyway. Did you find 2 Corinthians 5? That's why I'm just rambling, waiting for you to find it. Did you find it? <laughs> 2 Corinthians 5. Now listen to this. Having said what I just said, listen to this. We're going to read the rest of the verses, starting at verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. So you have a new identity. The old identity is gone. A new life has begun. And all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him, for, who, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins. No longer counting people's sins. I'm holy, I'm blameless, and I stand before him without one single fault because of Jesus Christ, and so do you. And so do you. That's your new identity. That's who you are in Christ. That's who you are in Christ, and that's why I have a, just a personal irritation when I hear people say, I know they're born-again children of God, and say, well, we're just sinners saved by grace. It's like, you know, just take your chalk over the chalkboard and just do that sound that, Ugh. No, you were a sinner. Now you are saved by grace. I said, you were a sinner. Now you are saved by grace. Amen. That's your new identity. That's your new identity. You're saved by grace. So don't keep identifying yourself as a sinner. 
because you're saved by grace. I digress. God has given us the task of reconciling people to himself, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are God's, listen to this, I'm talking about identity. Here's one of your identity statements. So we are, you can say it like this, say I am, say I am. I am. Talking about identity. So I am Christ's ambassador. God is making his appeal through us. We, now you could make this personal. I'm going to read it personal, all right? God gave uh, God gave me this wonderful message of reconciliation. So I am Christ's ambassador. God is making his appeal through me. I speak for Christ when I plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for my sin so that I could be made right with God through Christ. God is making his appeal through you. You are to be speaking for Christ when he pleads, when you are pleading, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for your sin so that we could be made right with God through Jesus Christ. My friend, that is your new true north. That is your identity. You are a new person. A new life has begun in Jesus Christ. Audit your vocabulary. What are you saying about yourself? And every time you catch yourself saying, I am, and then following that up with a negative about yourself, stop it. Because that's not your new nature. That's not your new identity. That's the old ID, and you can't get on the plane with that old ID. So if you expect to get from here to there, you better get on board with your new ID. Recognize who you are. Begin talking about who you are, thanking God for who you are, celebrating who you are in Jesus Christ, and never, ever forget who you are and who God has made you to be. Your old identity is gone. Amnesia in the natural realm is a horrible disease when people forget their minds, they forget who they are, they forget their names, they forget their identity. They just forget everything, and it's, it's, it's a terrible way to have to live for people that have struggled with amnesia. Now, I know when I say that, some of you might be thinking amnesia. No memory of failure. No memory of horrible relationships. No memory of mistakes that I made. Sounds like a pretty good deal. Well, spiritually, Spiritually, you can accept amnesia for the old man. Just completely forget about everything. You have no past. It's under the blood of Jesus. Amen? Spiritually, you can embrace amnesia. Don't embrace it naturally. Don't expect it. Don't receive it. You have the mind of Christ. But spiritually, just forget about who you were because you have become a new person. You have a new ID in Jesus Christ, your Lord and your Savior. Don't rely on natural names and titles. Rely on who Jesus Christ has declared you to be. Celebrate who he has made you to be. Embrace what the scriptures call you and declare about you and celebrate it to the full. 
I am a child of God. I have the mind of Christ. I have been healed. I have been raised up to newness of life. God's favor is for me. His Holy Spirit abides in me. I am a child of God. I do not have the spirit of fear. I have the spirit of a sound mind, spirit of power, and the spirit of love as, as a child of God, as my new identification in Jesus Christ. All is well. All is well. I am blessed. I am redeemed. I am healed. I am whole in the name of Jesus. If you'll just pay attention to the lyrics of a lot of the worship songs we sing, I mean, it'll build your faith. <laughs> it'll build your faith. What I just quoted there was the lines from one of our songs. I forget which one it is, but, but it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing. I am healed. I am whole. Amen? Your new identity. Everyone stand to your feet for a moment. Father, I thank you and I praise you for this wonderful work of Jesus Christ at Calvary's cross. I thank you, Lord God, for all that has been accomplished for us through Jesus. And again, we just open up our hearts and our minds for your kingdom to come, for your will to be done in our lives here on the earth as it is in heaven, for our identification to be established as born again children of God, filled with your spirit, completely loved by you because of the shed blood of Jesus. Father, help us to open up our eyes to, our, to an understanding of, of who we are and to always remember who we are in Jesus' name, name above every name. Thank you, Father. We praise you, we give you the honor, and we give you all the glory. And Father, I pray for any strongholds that have taken, uh, have been built up within our minds, within our thinking, uh, such as the illustration of the children of Israel when they saw themselves as insignificant, they saw themselves as grasshoppers, and, 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 and Lord God, and that just was the beginning of so many years of, of captivity and wilderness wandering. Father, break us free. Help us to break free of anything that's keeping us in the wilderness, wandering and, 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 and circling around and not making any progress, Lord. I ask you to re reveal it to us and then break it free in Jesus' name, name above every name. Thank you, Lord. Name above all names. Thank you, Father. And most importantly, if you have never made the identification of, of becoming a child of God, you never made that heart commitment to, to, to come into the faith by receiving Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. We'll, we'll pray together. Uh, if you're watching online, you can do this as well. Pray together with us, and we want to give you an opportunity to, to, for the old life to end and for a new life to begin in Jesus Christ. So let's pray this together. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege and the honor of beginning a new life, establishing a new identity in faith in Jesus' name. I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, forgiver of my sin. I confess Jesus as Lord of my life as Lord of this new life that has begun, as I put my faith and my trust in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for a new identity, for a new life 
in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, you have come into the kingdom of God. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Continue in the word of God. Continue coming to church, getting yourself in the word of God. Get built up in the faith. So if you've done that this morning, we want to invite you to stop by our Connect Center. It's to my left, the back corner here. The lights are on back there. We'll keep you just for a minute or two. And we just love to get to know you. Or if you're new here and you just like to make a connection, we'd love to connect with you. If you stop by the Connect Center, we'd love to just have a few moments with you. Promise not to keep you long. We know we have places to go and things to do. So thank you so much for being here this morning. We love you. And I just believe in God. You're going to have an awesome week and we'll see you again next Sunday morning. God bless you and have an awesome day. We love you.